yeah, I, I, I didn't even have the channel. I did watch that game live. Yeah. I was watching Lord of the Rings, and I was like, yeah. we're at 49? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings, I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Jackson Robinson is off to the races. More Jackson Robinson, man. This, this guy's on fire. Down Hall had a great second half as well. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard on this December 11th. Let's welcome in a former not only football star at BYU, but he played basketball as well. That's what Kafusis do. He is Bronson Kafusi. What's up, bro? <laughs> How you doing, man? Oh, doing good. Do you still play basketball? You ever of play pickup still? Of course. You can play that a little easier than football at, uh, you know, post-BYU, yeah. right? Yeah, just Go not as much Vasa. jumping. Not as yeah. much jumping, yeah. just shooting. <laughs> just threes at this point? Yeah. What are we doing? You going right, you Sometimes going. I get brave and go in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine somebody – Bronson and I actually were having this conversation when we recorded Deep Blue – the, the radio version, like, I can't even imagine somebody seeing Bronson come into the, into the paint. Like, your eyes probably just get gigantic. There's only one person I can think of. It's Corbin. <laughs> going, yeah, all right, let's go. Yeah, let's go. oh, yeah. You and Corbin, you and Corbin one-on-one recently? Not recently, but we always, there's always a reigning 21 champion. Because mm. we play 21 who, all who the time. Who is it right now? He's right here. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have brought that up. He, 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 is, he is him, yeah. Okay, so BYU goes up to Utah, and unfortunately the first loss of the season happens. Mm-hmm. What are your takeaways from uh, that game? I really feel like, I mean, the way that we lost, I, I still feel like I don't feel bad, but I feel like, oh, we just had an off-night shooting. And, and you know, just imagine if we were just even – hitting our numbers that we normally hit like I think we were 20 something percent beyond the arc like and it's like oh, okay we just bumped that up to where we where we were hit, hit two or three more yeah we would have been we would have been fine and um but you have to what I liked about it though is how it gave the team opportunity to fight back and be down and have to claw their way back because every team has to experience that and so even though we lost they were they were able to experience this is what we have to do. So take me through, because you've, you've done it on the football side and the basketball side. When a team gets down, what, what's happening internally with the team when you're saying, all right, we're down big, let's try and chip away. Like, take me through what that's like and how you do that, how you stay in the right frame of mind to make comebacks. I feel like in basketball especially, you have to really focus on the – really the dirty work of, of basketball. So you focus a lot more on the 50-50 ball. You focus a lot more on offensive rebounds, on steals, on any, anything that gets the ball into your hands more. And, and the scoring, it's interesting. I feel like the scoring just starts to come. Like, but you're, it's coming because you've created momentum off of all, all the hard stuff over here. And so I, I, I feel like... It's very different in a sense than football, mm-hmm. you know, when you have to come back in football um, just because it's so up and down with basketball. And so uh, you can change momentum faster, I feel like, in basketball. And we saw that in women's soccer as well. 
where it's like, yeah. hey, you can score a couple of goals quickly here. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can get them on their heels. Yeah. Uh, okay, so BYU's eight and one through nine. Um, and if you had to lose one in the first nine, that one hurts. But beating San Diego State probably better to win that game and kind of get in the national conscience a little bit than winning at Utah. Though, if you just value the rivalry, you want that game. But BYU's sitting pretty right now. They got four home games against teams they should beat at home. We'll mm-hmm. see. You got to win those games, of course. But if BYU does that, they're twelve and one in non-con. Like this is ahead of schedule where BYU is right now. <laughs> yeah. How you feeling about this group and uh, maybe adjusted expectations based on better performance so far? Yeah, I really like this group. I like the way they play together. Um, as I watch the games, you're seeing multiple guys score, um, and I like how they're able to really um, play off each other. It's it's nice to see them all. You know they. You know, they, they have their roles, but all of them are about doing the hard stuff. They all rebound. They all play defense. They all talk on defense. They all, uh, you know, none of them are just, oh, I'm just a shooter and I'm not going to go play defense. Or I'm just a shooter. I'm not going to go in there and rebound. Yep. It's like, oh, no, they all can do it. And, they, and, and I love the culture of this team. Like this culture and the chemistry that's going on right now, I really like it. And I feel like as we move forward now through um, – you know the rest of the rest of the non-conference games and into the conference. I'm I'm excited because, I mean, where else would you want to be than sitting where we're at, going into a really hard conference schedule with huge opportunity to because if we win some of those games, I mean, wow, it's going to be a lot of fun. You could be a little below 500 and be in a great spot. Like no one, no one frowns upon the uh, eight and ten Big 12 team, or uh, they say. Oh, actually, you're a single digit seed because you yeah. had so many good wins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, this team is by by most people's accounts ahead of schedule, like we were mentioning before, and it's fun to watch. It's been a fun season to start out because of not only just the wins, but t- to your point, the style of play and the way they move the ball. It's a fun. It's a fun brand of basketball. What do you think has been the biggest difference from last year to this year? Why do you think they have been able to come out? and start the season as well as they have? That's a good question. And, you know, for me, I kind of look at it from the player side of, man, there's just a lot more chemistry there, a lot more trust. And they've talked about that. Yeah, they, 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 every, they, there is a significantly high chemistry on this team. They've all talked about that. And that's, you know how, that, how important that is. Is, it, is that time yeah. spent, it, like retaining the core and then – they had a foreign trip, which always helps and all that. Yeah, I would say it's, it's all the stuff. It, it's nice to retain the core and then what the core does away from the court and away from the locker room really matters. And so if you're spending time with each other, um, you know, going on those trips, doing fun things, you know, and what happens is what you do off the court follows you on the court. So if you have a lot of team chemistry off the court, oh, it's going to transfer. And so um, I, love, I love watching that, actually, because it's, it, it's a real thing. And, and that's why you see a lot of like, the best teams. I mean, they're like family off the court. They're together a lot. They're always doing things together. And they're able to, um, you know, that, that trust is real. So, yeah. It's awesome. Okay, let's ask you a couple of football questions. Um, what are your uh, biggest transfer portal priorities in terms of position groups that need to be addressed this offseason for BYU football? 
this transfer portal, this one specifically is going to be probably the wildest that we've seen across all college football. Why? Because the players are a little settled in to, oh, I can make money now. And I can it's use leverage. Year, yep. And I can do that. And so, um, which I'm excited about. You know, I love that. And they should. And I, I think specifically with BYU, I mean, we're going to be bringing some guys here 100%, just like everyone else. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing in some added playmakers that can really, like they come in and they're really good at what they do and they immediately make impact. What position groups are you thinking? Uh, I want to see, I mean, for me personally, I felt like, okay, if we could get like a really good uh, tight end that could come in, win a lot of one-on-ones like that we can go to all the time, that would be that would be awesome. And already, and just to add to the talent that we already have, I mean, we have talent on the D-line, but, you know, I want to see some more pass rushers because it's really nice when you can rotate pass rushers because they get tired, you know, especially no. if they're playing all four. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they, know, they get, like, I remember, you know, you, you're out there in two minutes and you're rushing hard, rushing hard, and then you're dead, but, that, but you're not going to come off because, you know, if I go off, the person behind me, there's no, like, it's going to be a big drop-off. So I want to, if there's guys that... You know, you can rotate on the on the defensive front. Oh, that'll make a huge difference, especially you know from this last year where you know we wanted to have you know more sacks, more pressures on the quarterback, and I feel like that's something that we didn't need. really happen at the level we were hoping for. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like what you I can address that in year two. Yeah, address yeah. that in year two, just by adding some more, you know. Yeah, just some more talent and more players that can make immediate impact. The coaching staff still has two vacancies that they have, have not filled as of yet, offensive line coach and tight end coach. Um, not We're talking the former Packers tight end. That is, Fusier, yes, by the way. yes. <laughs> so not, not talking specific names, but in terms of the type of coaches that you would like to see, what, what are the traits that you would like to see when, when BYU makes those hires? You know what, there's, there's a lot of important traits when it comes to coaches. But for me, I mean, this is something that no one will be able to really be able to tell unless you talk to, like, the, the coach's former players. But are they a good teacher? I mean, the greatest coaches are the best teachers. And so for me, that's what I would want to have is someone who uh, is a great teacher, has great experience, but also has a proven track record of being able to coach players, take them from where they're at right here, and get them right here. Because that's something I feel like, like, especially here at BYU, I mean, coaches come in and they have to be able to increase, you know, or, oh, they have to be at a very high level of their, their coaching. Because they got to take guys and bring them, you know, and just bring them along. And I think it's, it's super valuable when you have a coach that's done that before. Like they can come in and coach a player and, oh man, that's the guy that we want. <laughs> Okay, let's see who BYU gets. You, yeah. st you still look like, one, you could play, and two, you don't look like you've aged a day from when you played at BYU. And it's been, like, almost a decade, it feels like, seven, yeah. ten years. Almost. Yeah, like eight years. Eight <laughs> years. You still look That's like 22, 20. I know. You still look young, so uh, congrats on that. And say hi to the fan for us. I will. Thanks for coming guys. on, bro. Yeah. All right, BYU basketball with Mark Pope back on Thursday night as the head coach. Look to recap this week's latest games and preview what's next for the Cougars. You can check it out at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on the BYU TV app and on ESPN+. Oh, we back on the horse, man. We got Denver Wednesday, Georgia State Saturday. Let's Pioneers go. coming again. Let's go. It was a banner day for the Cougs in the NFL. And will Jaron Hall be a starter again for the Vikings? 
we'll ask and address them. This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Greatest show in college basketball. And of course, the show is Jimmer Fredette. Not wasting any time pulling the trigger. Jimmer. I think the only chance you have against him is to face guard him everywhere. Don't even worry about anybody else on the court. Well, I love the commentary from the great Steve Lapis, especially the one against him. That we, was from deep! We ran into him in an elevator in Vegas, and we, yes. were, we had to be like, yes. that was from deep! Like, yes. we had to say it to him for some reason, <laughs> like we were fanboy. It was funny. I just wish Bill Walton could have done more Jimmer games, right? Oh, that would have been fun. Yes. Maybe we, we need to connect that. Can he do the Olympics? No. Welcome back to Studio B. Jimmer Fredette is with us for the second of two segments, and we now turn our attention from BYU basketball and what they're doing to what Jimmer is doing in his professional career. So, Jimmer, let's hop right into it. Your yeah. team just qualified in three-on-three basketball. It's a new sport in the Summer Olympics. You have an opportunity. You, you were an automatic berth yep. based on a lot of hard work, um, and now you're going to compete for, for gold. What has this journey been like for you the last – What? How, how long has it even been since – Yeah, it's, it's been, been about a year now. A year? Yeah, yeah, it's been about a year now. So I started – Last November, uh, my first tournament I ever played in was the America Cup. It was so just over all, a year. Yeah, just over a year ago. And uh, our good friend Fran Fraschilla was the guy that called me up and was like, hey, yes. uh, do you have any interest in playing three-on-three basketball? And I was like, well, yeah, I do, but well, let, me, let me learn more about it. And told me about it. He's like, it's an Olympic sport now. You know, we want to we qualify for the Olympics. We want you to be able to help us do that. As soon as I heard Olympics, I said, I'm in. Uh, you know, Whitney, my wife, was in. She's all about it. And uh, we knew it was in Paris. She's oh. like, you're going to make the Olympics. We're all going to go. It's going to be an expensive trip for you. So uh, I was like, <laughs> great, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, let's, let's have a great time. So we were all in. And then from that point on, uh, this last six months, we've had a world tour season that helps you qualify towards the Olympics. So the number of tournaments you play and matter and how you do in those tournaments matter. It's all cumulative points for Team USA. And fortunately, we, become, we were number two in the world. Uh, and at the deadline, so now we qualified for the Olympics. So Serbia was one, we were two, China was three, so now all three of us are in. Then there'll be five other teams that get in, and they all have to do these qualifying tournaments to try to get in. So those you don't want to be in those because those you never know what can happen in 3x3. So it's uh, it's been amazing. I've been all over the world, literally, um, and uh, such a unique experience. And my the guys that I play with have just been incredible. It's crazy. When did you where, get back? Yeah, where are you? From Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia. Chile. Yeah. Like. I was in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Uh, we went to Abu Dhabi. Uh, we've been to Doha. Uh, we went to Mongolia, we went to Macau and Hong Kong, went to Cebu, Philippines, went to Santiago, Chile. <laughs> the we passports look Kosovo, yeah, we went, to, we went literally all over Europe, all over the place. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was really cool. You're only in those cities for a few days, right, because they're, they're two-day tournaments. Um, but some of them we were able to stay a little bit longer because we'd go from tournament to tournament in Europe. So we doing just all this crazy random stuff and, you know, going to the hot springs in Budapest and like just <laughs> just being locals and having a good time. That's so awesome. We loved it. It was really fun. So was it hard to get used to three on three? Because it's very different from five on five. Yes, it definitely was. Um, you know, one of the biggest differences is that there's no help side. 
in 3x3. It's really interesting. Like you, they want you to stay on your guy because the two point shot is so much more important than a layup that if you come and help down, they just kick it out and then you're open for a two and that's the best Ones shot. And twos, yeah, 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 it's a one versus a two yeah. game. So it's literally double the points, which for me is imp incredible, right? Yeah. I love this that. This is great. Yeah, yeah, I'm just shooting twos all the time, right? So it's great, but yeah, that's a difference. It's continuous play. So you get it out as soon as you make a basket, you get it out of the basket, you throw it past the three point line to kind of check it and then go. You don't check the ball and stop it's continuous whether there's a make or a miss so it's it's very fast paced it can get very tiring because it's physical um, so it's it's definitely an interesting sport and I absolutely love it it's been a great experience was it ever windy because it's outside yeah. like does that affect the shot <laughs> it, it can it can um, especially so they have two different levels of, of tournament there's a master's level which is the highest then there's challengers which is the one below it it kind of gets you into master's tournaments so you got to play in both the masters are great because it's covered they have big stands around it so it breaks the wind mm. from it usually it's not super windy anyway but challengers um, but it'll but the challengers you don't mm. so it's just like open yeah and every once in a while you'll have like a windy day and you're just like what do you, what do, you do? so you're like trying to <laughs> aim a foot right a little bit to the right or it's like <laughs> all right i'm just going to the basket on this you know what i mean like it's really interesting but in the olympics they'll have big stands they'll have the cover you won't feel the wind at all it nice. feels like an arena um and it's a great atmosphere it's fun they put it right in downtown cities so there's a lot of foot traffic around mm. the stands are always filled um so it, it makes it fun and the USA did not qualify in the last Olympics yep. in three-on-three. Three. It is a big deal, one, to qualify. Yeah. But two, you could get a, a, an Olympic medal, yeah. and it could be gold. But, well, I mean, that's exciting, man. It's extremely exciting. I mean, that would be that's the goal for everyone, right? So there's only eight teams that qualify. So it's an interesting format. So what they do is you play every team once. And at that point, you the bottom two are out of the tournament. The top two get a, a bye to the semifinals. Yeah. And then the other, other four play to get into the semifinals. So, so if you get to the final. semis, you you're need to win one match. game to medal. You're in the medal match. Yeah. Yep, you're in the medal rounds, wow. right? So it's uh, so that's great. So for us, we hope to have that format. We would love to be able to get into that top two and then be in the medal rounds right away. That would be the, the ideal situation. Um, but it's I think it plays into our, our hands for that format. We're going to be waking up whatever time. It doesn't matter. Night. No, we, watch. <laughs> we, we, we will watch. I hope they're in the morning for you, but uh, you know, yeah, night usually, for us. Usually yeah. they're night. Usually they're nighttime games because they but want they don't want it to be too hot, gotcha. right? So they're trying to limit that. They always sure. have lights, so eight. we'll usually start around five and go. So it'd be like so right about hour, time our eight show hour difference is airing, or maybe just after. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just watch. Let's just watch Jimmer's Absolutely, we'll, we'll just show. watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, we can't show. Yeah, NBC or whatever, but we'll just watch. Uh, we'll yeah. get the rights. Come on. <laughs> we'll rights. It's super simple. And <laughs> junior, get junior on that. Ben, yeah. get on that. Come on. Jimmer Fredette is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Tell us a little bit about the roster that you're going to go over there with. Obviously, BYU fans are very invested into you, but yeah. who's on your team? Yeah, well, we're not positive yet because they still they can pick from a pool of players to go play in the Olympics. So the team that I played on uh, the, the last six months, our four guys have been awesome. There's a guy named Kareem Maddox, uh, played at Princeton. He's my age, 6'9", athletic, really good player. Been playing 3x3 for probably eight years, the most, the wow. longest, longest mm. out of any of these. 
talented guys. Uh, Canyon Barry, who is a Barry. Uh, Rick Barry's son. Yeah, nice. And uh, shoots the underhand free throws. Seriously? 100%. And he's <laughs> That's awesome. 90%. <laughs> right? Wow. Like, incredible free. He's trying, like, he's trying so hard. He's like, I just need one NBA, a, an NBA guy to switch. <laughs> and then I can, I can just make a living off of this. <laughs> he can't get the guy, but he's trying. Uh, great guy, 6'7", athletic, good player. And then another kid, Dylan Travis, D2, All-American, been playing 3x3 a while. A little taller than me, big, just a bulldog, just plays hard, can shoot, does the little things. Um, so that's the team that we've played. We hope it's our team that stays together, that goes to the Olympics. We believe that they'll hope, you know, that that's a possibility. Um, but they do have a pool of players that they could choose from. So we're not sure yet. They'll they'll announce the team later on. Um, so probably towards like April-ish, April, May. Um, so that they officially know who the team is. So for now, we're sticking together. We're just playing. We're, we're, we're you know, continue to work on our stuff um, and, you know, get ready for whatever happens. Is this the end of your basketball journey after this, or will you keep playing somewhere? Definitely not five on five. Um, that's something that's, you know, probably, you know, towards the, the end of the career after the COVID season in China kind of just ruined the taste in my mouth or going overseas. I have three little ones now and, uh, you know, being with them is the most important thing. With 3x3, um, you know, it's, it's different. It, I could pick and choose tournaments that I could go to and they would be, you know, three, four day commitments and then I could come home for a while. So we'll see as far as that's concerned. Um, so... I'm not 100% sure if I'll be fully, fully done, but I'll definitely be doing a lot more other things like this and uh, my Tandem Ventures things that, I, that I've been doing uh, a lot more. So, Great stuff from Jim Fredette. Before you go, we got to bring in our Throwback Thursday question because we want you to react to these <laughs> okay, coming in from, from fans. But what's your let's favorite Jim Fredette memory at BYU specifically? <sighs> and Dave Hackett on X answers. Man. When Jimmer scored 52 against New Mexico and only had a single free throw. Yep, that's amazing. During the game in the 2011 Mountain West Conference Tournament. Is one that, free throw, Jimmer. Yeah, no, I mean, come on, refs. Look, one free throw. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to get fined. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not playing anymore, I guess, though. So, But, uh, no, it was that was incredible. That was the one where you told Djokovic to move out of the way, correct? So that's, uh, that's, that's a always. Great story. That's, I knew that you wanted to watch, so I was like, i got to put on a show. right? i got to put on a show for you. That was. You felt, you, we were on the same wavelength again. Yeah. Yes, and that was you such knew. a fun time because we hadn't beat New Mexico that year. We were 0-2 versus yes. New Mexico. That, that was, was the game only after two the losses. Brandon News. Yes, that was, that was the tough. only two losses yep. we had in conference, two of the three losses we had for the year. And I was so mad. And I was just like, all right, you know, I'm just going to shoot every time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and shoot. And uh, it ended up working. So <laughs> I, I went – so someone else went to the press conference, and I interviewed Noah Hartsock for True Blue. Yeah. And I said, what are you going to remember from tonight, Noah? And he said, that Jimmer Fredette and I combined for 59 points. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was such a great, that's great. That's that such was, a Noah answer. Noah Which, by under, the way. Underrated player and funny. Yes. Super funny. You broke the single game and career record on the same play, by the way. Yeah. That, that was, was wild. That was cool. That was cool. I remember that. It was, it was the, the and one, one the where it kind of went in. And, yeah, was that was the one free throw. throw. Get the free throw. Yeah, that was yep. the one free throw yep. Yeah, at the end of the game. Yep. Then. Then coach took me out. I was mad. I was like, well, I could have gotten more points. Let me build on this. Give me 55. I'm just Let's kidding. Go. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Jim, we're so great to have you in studio. Yeah. We look forward to working with you more. Yeah, absolutely. This Put is... you in the end. Yeah, let's do this. 
more videos. Yeah, absolutely. We will. This has been great. It's been super fun. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you guys letting me join join the party. Yes. But I'll buy some fun. blue pants. This concludes yeah. Blue Pants yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that was the thing. We're all going to make now. no. I didn't yeah. know that was the Listen, thing. Listen, I, I have white pants Friday. White pants Friday. I have white oh. pants, but I use them in the temple only. <laughs> <laughs> and now Blue Pants Thursday. No, yeah, okay, that's go. good. Blue Pants Thursday. Good to see you, bro. No, guys. Thanks. Women's Hoops taking on Idaho State Saturday, 4 Eastern time. BYU 8 and 2 playing good basketball. Kaylee Wilson shooting the three well. Let's go. 4 Eastern, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus Saturday afternoon. Jerem, don't know if you've heard, the MPSF preseason polls out for men's volleyball. Mm-hmm. Where's Sean Olmstead's team ranked? And is it fair? I got an issue with it. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the entire day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dave McCann. Now for your Wednesday headlines. we got a lot of headlines. Indeed. Number 18, BYU men's basketball in action tonight against Denver, 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Spencer Blaine and I will be on the television call. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU running back Aiden Robbins has officially declared for the 2024 NFL Draft and will forego his final year of eligibility. After transferring to BYU from U- <coughs> excuse me, a year ago, from UNLV a year ago, Robbins rushed for 485 yards, one touchdown in eight games, had a breakout against Oklahoma, 182 yards against the Sooners. Was limited due to injury, but now he's got things rolling, and we wish him the best as he pursues that dream. Absolutely. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's living the dream this week. He's been living the nightmare, and now he's living the dream. He's the (laughs) AFC Offensive Player of the Week. 301 yards passing, couple of touchdowns. Beat the Texans 30-6. Uh, in his first game back as a starter, got the Dolphins this weekend. Yeah, interested to see what he does against a really, really motivated Miami team. The Action Network's Brett McMurphy, friend of the program, reporting yesterday that the Big 12 will move the football media days to Las Vegas for 2024 and 2025 due to scheduling conflicts at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Brett Yormark loves this. He's an entertainment guy to the core, so I'm sure that He's not too upset about not being in Dallas, now being in Las Vegas. And I know where the restaurants are down there, better than the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so we're going to be fine. BYU setter Whitney Bauer and outside hitter Aaron Livingston, uh, both named the AVCA Honorable Mention All-Americans this morning. Third time in Bauer's career she's been named an AVCA Honorable Mention All-American. Second straight season with Honorable Mention status for Livingston. We congratulate both outstanding players. The Utah Royals of the National Women's Soccer League have continued their overwhelming pursuit of former BYU women's soccer stars by now most recently acquiring Cameron Tucker from the Houston Dash. So now Tucker joins her former teammate, Michaela Clough. They both played together in the national championship two years ago. Michelle Vasconcelos is also back in Salt Lake City with the Utah Royals. So they've got three. Now I'm just waiting to hear when they're gonna fork out a lot of money and try and get Ashley Hatch back to the Utah Royals. More Cougars the better. Absolutely. The late great Carl McGowan set to receive the Harold T. Freer, Fryer 
Mood Lifetime Achievement Award. It's considered the highest honor for USA Volleyball. Oh, very cool. Love Coach McGowan, love the McGowan family. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in a loaded Cougar Whip round. Presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. As we mentioned in the headlines, Big 12 Football Media Days will be in Vegas the next two seasons. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, and would you like to see the football championships and basketball tournaments eventually come to Vegas? No. Uh, I do not want especially the basketball tournament to leave Kansas City because everything I've heard, and I can't wait to attend Big 12 basketball championship week in Kansas City. It's the barbecue, City. isn't it? Like, it is. <laughs> well, there's that. But it, it is like the greatest show in town. It's in the state where basketball was invented by the great James Naismith. Do not take basketball away from Kansas City. Amazing tournament. The football championship game also in Cowboy Stadium, I like. It's in, the, it's in the heart of the country. Like, I like Allegiant and I know that Vegas is a destination spot. No, been there, done that several times. Keep football in Dallas. Now media days, fine. You wanna do that in Vegas? Great, a little summer getaway, super fun, okay? But leave the football and basketball championship games in Dallas and in Kansas City, respectively. There's way too much tradition, and those, those communities embrace them. Brett Yormark is a showman. Vegas is a show. I know, I And know. I do see a day where BYU is in Allegiant Stadium playing for the Big 12 Championship, and 10,000 BYU fans are here, 10,000 over here, 10,000 over here. Yeah. And they all live there or can drive there. I, I, I see that day because Vegas is Vegas and Super Bowl is going there this year. But I do like Dallas for the Big 12. And it's the middle of middle of America. The Big 12 needs to have a presence there. For sure. Jerry's world, man. The yeah. star. I, yeah, there's just a lot of tradition there. After being named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, how can Zach Wilson possibly build off his performance from last week against Miami? Yeah, Miami's all mad now because the Titans beat them and yep. embarrassed them the way that they played. That was a bad loss. So they're going to get the Dolphins A game. Jets have a defense and give the Dolphins trouble, no matter which mood the Dolphins are in. Zach's got to play loose and free, and I have no idea what he's going to do against <laughs> Miami. I was pleasantly surprised. I got home from church and I saw what he was doing. I'm like, sweet, good for him. Uh, but if he can find a way to beat the Dolphins, then he can turn around to New York and go, See? Yeah, yeah. Even though, you know, it's been a crazy season. Well, it's, he's, I mean, he's outperformed, at least from the quarterback position, and beaten in some instances Josh Allen and CJ Just Stroud. Just go check it around, and, see what happens. Yeah, played Patrick Mahomes in that Sunday night I game. Know. So there, there's capability there. Will they be aggressive with the The Jets play deserve him going 4 0 down this season. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. All right, Dave, what do you think about the Vikings, who are going to start Nick Mullins, a quarterback, this week? against the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you expect Jaron Hall to see the field again this season? He looked sharp in his you know, drive and a half thing? before the concussion. I hope so, but they're still in the race. And so I don't know if they're ready to do that. Clearly they're not, because I'd play him over Mullins. Uh, Mullins. But um, I hope so, but it might take an injury to Mullins to get him out. Let's go. I want to see Jaron back on the field. Group of five ESPN NFL analysts were polled about the best rookies in the NFL season, in the NFL this season. Puka's at number four. Does that sound right? I think it's a little bit too low. I know C.J. Stroud, because he's a quarterback and the Texans are in playoff contention, even though Zach Wilson just outperformed C.J. That's true. Okay? C.J. Stroud has been really, really good for the Texans. So I feel like he's a deserving number one. 
Jalen Carter's an awesome defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. I put him at number two, but I, I put Pook at number three instead of Devin Weatherspoon, the cornerback for the Seahawks. All these guys are incredible. Yeah. They're all unbelievable. But I'd slide, probably slide Pook up one spot to number three. I think he's been a top three rookie this season. I need him to be a top one rookie this weekend on my fantasy team. <laughs> Let's go, Puka. I love the yards. Let's get in the end zone. If he breaks, if he breaks the NFL rookie record for receptions and yards, like how do you not make him the rookie of the year? Right. I would. That, that's the challenge for him. Okay, so Jimmer is joining the pre and post game shows oh, yeah. today, yep. right here in the studio. Let's go, Jimmer. Uh, Question, if he were to leave this building, walk across the street to the Marriott Center, go down yes. there and check himself into uh -huh. the game uh -huh. against the Denver Pioneers, how many points does he get? 30. Jimmer Fredette would Just could, 30, yeah, right off. Uh, straight up. Oh, yeah, are you not, kidding me? You know, there's more guys. It's not three on three, and you're playing the whole court, and he's 34. I know I know Mark Pope and how much he <laughs> loves Jimmer and how much he would play Jimmer if that were the case. Like, if he had this random one game of eligibility, Jimmer would score 30 points, Like, and he wouldn't blink doing it. He'd probably make 12 free throws, probably hit four threes, and then get some of those patented Jimmer layups and It would be the number one runners. story on ESPN and on CBS News because it'd be violating so many rules. <laughs> no, he'd score 30 Who straight up. Who knows what happened, but we would have a great night. Yes. We'll see Jimmer tonight. BYU basketball with Mark Pope, by the way, is tomorrow night, Thursday. That's the new night for the show. Richie Saunders going to join him 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and Big 12 now on ESPN+. Up next, how does Aiden Robbins' departure to the NFL affect BYU's transfer portal priorities? We'll hear from you next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Jerem. No one's going to kick Jason's butt today. Well, we'll see. Let's get to today. The day is young. <laughs> ESPN's Pete Thamel reported yesterday that BYU is expected to hire Georgia State offensive line coach T.J. Woods to the same position. Woods has previously coached at Utah State, Wisconsin, Oregon State, Western Kentucky, and UNLV. Thamel reported that the move won't be official until after he coaches in Saturday's Myrtle Beach Bowl. Mild correction, Georgia Southern. Georgia State is the opponent Saturday. Uh, uh, yes. In basketball, all, all good, all good. Uh, it, sometimes the script has it. ESPN's Matt Miller has Kingsley Suamatia going 30th to the Dolphins in his latest 2024 mock draft. Miller says he's the most active physical left tackle I've studied this year, but he's also really good in this in space in the run game and moves smoothly in pass protection. Suamatia started 22 games for BYU the past two seasons. BYU men's basketball drops only four spots to number 18 in the latest AP poll. It marks the third consecutive week being ranked in the poll. The 8-1 Cougars also fell four spots in the coaches' poll. They are now number 17, but held steady at number three in the net and number eight in Kempom. Up next is Denver at home tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on TV and radio an hour earlier. Of course. And Joe Lenardi, number four in uh, the bracketology yep. still. Let's go. Breck and Mozingo, one of four finalists for the 2024 Women's Soccer Honda Sport Award, which is given to the nation's top women's soccer player. Mozingo had a tremendous season as BYU went to the College Cup for the second time in three seasons. 
Kamila Hiapo joins Whitney Bauer and is drafted by the Atlanta Vibe. Hey. If you're wondering what the Atlanta Vibe is, it's a pro volleyball federation team that begins play uh, in January of 2024, their inaugural season. Yeah, pretty cool. That's awesome. And both went to the same team. I told both, hey, your rent just got cut in half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. A little familiarity in, yeah. a, in, a, in a new world, right? Yes, that's awesome. They're going to have a ton of fun there, and uh, hopefully that league uh, does well. There's not a real strong vibe with domestic women's volleyball leagues, so that'd be fun. Do you know where the other cities are that have the league? Uh, yeah, the there's uh, you know there's Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, and there's uh, seven total teams. They're going to get up to ten teams next year. Nice. Um, San Diego's one of them. So, uh, hey, Salt Lake, I think, would support a team. That'd be good. Okay. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, we just mentioned it. Uh, Whitney Bauer and Kamila Hiapo uh, were both drafted by the Atlanta Vibe in the new Pro Volleyball Federation. So does that mean that BYU automatically becomes Atlanta Vibe fans? Uh, yeah, I, I think BYU fans are going to be paying attention sure. to what's going on. We'll see how they fit in, like what veterans already exist versus like the drafted rookies. Are they backups to start? We'll see. Are they starters right away? But yeah, this is exciting. We've not had this because when a player like Ronnie Jones-Perry or Alexa Gray goes overseas, it's kind of hard to keep up with what they're doing yeah. on the reg. You can look it up, but we could actually, I think, watch their games. And if you're a BYU fan in the South or all over the country, wherever they go, you can go to these games. Yeah, no, I think, look, if you're going to be a fan of any team, it's going to be this one, right? When you've got yeah. two BYU players on it, why would you There's be a fan? There's no other BYU players yeah. in the league yeah. that I know of. Yeah. So, yeah, so there we go. The Atlanta vibe. Bring it on. Let's go. We avoided any pun with that, so... Uh, credit test. Kingsley Suamatia, number 30 in Matt Miller's mock draft. Would you like to fit for Kingsley and the Dolphins? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I know the Break down the, left the tackle offensive the line situation for the Miami Dolphins. In reading what Matt Miller put, says it's not necessarily a need. They have a very good left tackle, but he's beginning to get older. There's a chance that he may opt out. And so it sort of a, could be a luxury pick that far down in the, in the first round for the Miami Dolphins to be able to get a guy like Kingsley that can ultimately take over at the left tackle position. In the NFL, if you're a talented tackle, they'll move you around. You'll sure. play right tackle, you might even play guard. Like, you have college tackles playing guard in the NFL. See Brady Christensen uh, quite a bit with the Panthers, for example. And I talked with Connor Pay this year. He, they're, they're, You cross-train for all of that stuff, especially when you go to the, to the totally. NFL, you're going to play multiple positions. If you want to be on a roster, you've got to make yourself available wherever they need you. Yeah, there's there's backups barely yep. Yep. in the NFL. All right, Puka Nakua is 360 yards away from the NFL rookie receiving record. Mm. If he breaks the record, would he pass Austin Colley on the BYU NFL wide receiver hierarchy after just one season? It's a good question. Certainly this season has been incredible. Uh, I think I need to see a second season from Puka where he's a good receiver. He doesn't have to put up these numbers, but Austin had some good sustainability until concussions kind of took him out of it. To me, Austin's still the best NFL receiver BYU he's had, uh, but Puka is certainly challenging that. And you could argue this is better, but I would say I need probably see another season. Yeah, I mean, look, if he wins the NFL rookie receiving record, he's certainly in the conversation, but because of what Kali has done, and he did it over a couple of seasons, I'd, I'm going to still go with Austin. I love that we're having this conversation because we're not about yeah. a skill position like receiver, sure. which is awesome. RG3, Robert Griffin III, nominated Zach Wilson for his, the Hemi Award on Monday Night Countdown last night. Lucky by Dodge. <laughs> nice. Is RG3 an unofficial hype man for the Cougars? Yes! The guy, the guy tweets about BYU all the time, and I'm here for it. I never saw that coming, how he would gravitate and really attach 
to BYU. He loves the Cougars. Hey, so big, I think it's hey, fantastic. Big 12. Let's go. That's right. Yeah, RG3 is a lot of fun. I enjoy his commentary. And uh, yeah, he is unofficially a high man for BYU. I love All right. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners, promised whichever 49er player uh, that could get under DK Metcalf's skin with your Seahawks yep. on Sunday uh, would get a Christmas present. It uh, ended not up, hard, by the way. It ended up being Fred Warner who got into the, uh, the kerfuffle with, uh, with DK that got ejected. So is this a is a morally acceptable bounty gate? It sure feels like it, right? Hey, if you do this, you get a present. Like, what does that look like? He didn't describe it, but yeah, this is morally acceptable. What do yeah. you think? What do you think the present is? Hmm. See, I'm going hand lotion <laughs> because you get under someone's skin, so you touch, you play into the to that that's, thing. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Is that a sweet smelling set of candles for the. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Dolphin star receiver Tyree Kill was shown entering the stadium before last night's Monday Night Football game with a bag of McDonald's. Anthony Papliano posted this on Twitter. This is great. One of the best football players in the world is eating McDonald's before Monday Night Football, and you think your 13th cold tub this week is going to help you answer emails better. <laughs> Are you a cold tub guy? Uh, I've never, never been in a cold tub. But to this day, and I mention this every time we get to spring football, or fall camp, when they go get in the in the cold tubs after practice, I've always said I need to do an interview in the cold tub with oh, someone yeah. in the cold tub. And then that could be your your Jim Nance with John Stockton in the yes. hot tub yes. opposite. So yes. I've never been in a cold tub, Classic but it's going to happen one day. One day. When Jim Nance with KSL saw like he did that with Stockton yeah. in like a preseason camp. And people still bring it up to this it's day, a, like, clearly. Like today. Clearly. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday. Who are the top duos currently at BYU? I don't know how we're going to name anybody one, two, three, four, or five. We know the five, but like all five of these are awesome. The five-way tie for number one. We will attempt to do so after the break. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Top five Tuesday, best duos at BYU right now. We're going to list five through one, but really they're all tied for first. I don't know how we could differentiate yeah. because there's a lot of great ones. Start us off. All right, number five, Jackson Robinson and Spencer Johnson. Robinson is BYU's leading scorer at nearly 17 points per game. He's shooting 43% from three and hit a team-high 28-3 so far this season. All off the bench, bro. All off the bench. As for Spencer Johnson, he's third on the team in scoring. He's second in rebounds and first in assists. Both have helped number 18 BYU get off to its best start since starting 10-0 in the 2010-2011 season. We could have put any combination there on men's basketball, right? Oh, yeah. We could have put... Hall and Nell, who are the most efficient. Could put Hall and Oates. Put a, Hall and Oates as well. Let's go. Number four, Lauren Gustin and Kaylee Wilson, women's hoops. The double-double queen, Lauren Gustin, averaging 17 points, 15 and a half rebounds a game. That leads the country again. She's amazing. Wilson, second on the team in points, 15 a game, four and a half rebounds. Third in the country and nearly 59% from three. Sometimes she banks them in. That's rare, though. Normally, they're center cut. Women's hoops, eight and two on the season. Number three, BYU women's volleyball. Aaron Livingston, Whitney Bauer, 
Livingston was dominant for BYU this past season. She led BYU with 456 kills, also led the team in kills per set and hit percentage at 285 on the season. Bauer stuffed the stat sheet, 980 assists, 139 kills, 245 digs, 70 blocks, and 34 aces. They helped BYU to a four seed in the NCAA tournament, a 25-7 record, and a third-place finish in the first season in the Big 12 Conference. Fun to have a front row for a lot of those awesome uh, kills for like, like that from Aaron Livingston and Whitney Bauer. I called her the waitress because she dives all over the place getting all the tips. It's awesome. Okay, number two, Eddie Heckard, Jacob Robinson. These guys were fantastic as corners for BYU this year. Heckard was a baller stuffing the stat sheet. Four and a half TFLs, had a sack, five picks, six PBUs, three forced fumbles, fumble recovery, two touchdowns. Robinson had a pick six himself, four picks, seven PBUs, 59 tackles. They contributed combined 11 of 20, BYU's 20 takeaways on defense. We're going to miss Eddie Heckard. Jacob Robinson will have a stellar senior year coming up next year. That brings us to number one, and we go with BYU women's soccer and the duo of Brecken Mazingo and Olivia Wade Katoa. We'll start with Brecken. She led BYU in goals with 14 and assists at 15. Also named one of the three finalists for the Mac Herman Trophy. That's a big deal. Olivia Wade Coteau was second on the team in goals and third in assists. They helped lead the number one offense in the entire country. Led BYU to a 23-3 record, the second College Cup appearance in program history, and a number four final ranking. What a duo and what a program. Honorably mentioned, uh, Kenneth Rooks and Comebacks were the other duo uh, <laughs> that should have made it on uh, there. So that is a top five Tuesday, the top five duos at BYU right now. All right, BYU basketball with Mark Pope returns Thursday as the head coach and player guest will break down the most recent games and preview what's next for the number 18 BYU Cougars at Thursday, 8.30 Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. After the break, we'll wrap up the show answering a couple of two for Tuesday Questions of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's a Big 12 holiday today. Yeah. Look at that. 12-12, and the conference is celebrating with giveaways throughout the day. Check out the Big 12 social media throughout the day for your chance to win one of 12 prizes, funny enough, from the conference beginning at the top mean? of the hour and continuing every hour throughout the day. This is cool. 12-12 day. Yeah, and uh, BYU Cougars are doing stuff as well. Yeah, the whole Are we conference. eligible for this? I would, I would hope not. I, I think that people need to get. We are blessed. You are blessed. Uh, you know, to to all partake in uh, BYU sports together. Look, just being in the Big Twelve is enough. Twelve, twelve for me. Hashtag blessed for all of us. Yes. I, you especially. I've waited for this day, and here we are. Our first question of the day on this two for Tuesday is this: What's your reaction to the reported hire of T.J. Woods as BYU's offensive line coach? Graydon Larson on Instagram. Ask me at this time next year. Let's see what he can do. Oh, wait and see approach. That's wait, fair. Wait and see approach. Well, that's kind of like we don't we don't really know a whole lot about him. So this is going to be a, a learning process. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited when, when this thing becomes official, you know, maybe have him on the show and kind of get to know him a little bit and find out exactly what his philosophy Hopefully is. Next week. Yeah. Aggie fan Dan on X. Aggie fan, huh? He coached some awesome Aggie teams. I didn't pay as much attention to the offensive line back then, but I think they played a part in Chucky e. Keaton setting school records in 2012. That 2012 team finished 16th in the country. Had they beaten either BYU, who won 6-3 in Provo, Taysom Hill's first start, by the way, um, or made the field goal at Wisconsin to win, mm -hmm. they would have been the G5 entrant into the, uh, the, the you know, uh, New Year's Six. They would have been that. 
So sorry, Aggies. Um, well, hey, look, here, here's the thing, too. Gary Anderson, if the guy's not doing his job and is not somebody that Gary Anderson thinks is helping the program get better at that specific position, he's not taking him to Wisconsin, and then he's not taking him to Oregon State. Yeah. So the fact that he followed Gary and Gary wanted him with him on his staffs at these different locations, I think, speaks pretty highly of him. Now I'm remembering in 2015, I went to Gary Anderson's actually last game at USC. Randomly that weekend, I was there hanging out and... Zach Nyborg hooked me up, was on the sideline for Oregon State USA. TJ Woods was there, uh, the O-line coach. And uh, then the next day, Gary bounced, and it, it, it got weird. Oh, uh, our two-for-Tuesday question of the day, the second one, is what does BYU only following four spots, number 18 in this week's AP poll, say about BYU's team? Alex Sieg, uh, Miller on Facebook means BYU lost a game versus a pretty good Utah team at their place. Utah played the very best they have played all year. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. They played Houston pretty tough, too. Utah uh, and BYU played the absolute worst they have all year. That fact is true. Although BYU didn't play terribly, they just didn't play well enough, in my opinion. And still only lost by four. As far as losses go, the voters don't consider it a bad loss. No, it's not. Yeah, voters, metrics, uh, pollsters, all of it. Yeah. Okay, our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Tasha Lynn, 19 on X. This team, meaning men's hoops, is still pretty dang good. She's a super fan. She would know. And all hope is not lost. Forget about the loss. Move on. There's still plenty of big fish to fry. To Eric Mika's point earlier, we've not had this kind of year where oh, we would ID like, okay, these games, we got to win X amount of these to have a shot at the tourney. Certainly we're doing that with the Big 12, but the number's just way bigger. is going to have so many quad one opportunities in quad two, it is ridiculous. Like we're talking about 18 or 20 of those. So win enough of those. Yeah. You lose one, it's not going to make or break your season. Although if you beat Kansas, Baylor, or Houston, that certainly helps too. Look, the, the reason that this still has legs is, is because nobody wants to lose to Utah. Yep. You know, and we've, we've gone over it the last couple of days. It did not hurt BYU. BYU is still in a fantastic spot. Yep. And they're, they're, in, they're in no worse position than they were before. Today's Rising Shadow is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Whitney Bauer and Kamila Hiapo getting drafted by the Atlanta Vibe. Congrats. Our thanks to today's guest, Eric Mika. It's a BYU Sports Nation Jimmer Week. Jimmer Day. Jimmer going to join BYU Sports Nation countdown and the postgame show wrap-up. That's all tonight on BYU TV. He'll be here on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow talking about hoops and his preparations to introduce Jimmer Mania to the world in the 2024 Paris Olympics. Chasing that gold medal today's rise and shout-out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It needs to go to Zach Wilson. Has Dave. to. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. First game back from being benched, throws for 302 touchdowns, no picks, and destroys the Texans. Yeah, now go get the Dolphins. Let's go. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU Men's Basketball Assistant Coach Colin Terry. Conversation continues 24-7 on social media. All our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mike Nascimento. We'll see you tonight. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, what do we make of the reported hiring of offensive line coach TJ Woods? Who is he and what's on the resume? Men's Hoops is number 18 in the AP poll. What that says about the season so far and where they could be come Big 12 play. 
We'll catch up with former BYU star Eric Mika with the latest on his injury, playing in the G League, his podcast, and his early season impressions of Cougar Hoops. And this week's Top 5 Tuesday features the best duos on campus so far this season. There's some good ones. I'm not sure how, who we're going to name one, who we're going to name five, how that's going to go down, but we shall attempt to do it. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter, BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, December 12th. It is 12-12. I don't know what we did 11 years ago when it was 12-12-12, but here we are. I am Jerem Jordan alongside a huge fan of the number 32, Jason Born Identity Shepherd. Look, we've heard Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, now Jimmer is coming to town. Yes, he is. Big, big news involving the Jimmer. Uh, BYU Sports Nation countdown and the wrap-up crew on Wednesday is going to be joined by one James Taft Fredette. Tyler Hawes, Jimmer Fredette. And me, I contributed zero points to BYU, but those guys scored a lot. <laughs> but That's you're going to be you're going to be, be uh, amongst the uh, quite the group. Uh, yeah. So Jimmer's going to be in town. You're going to be part of the the countdown and the wrap up crew for the BYU Denver game, and then Jimmer's going to be live on this show. On Thursday. Yeah. So nope. Jimmer's going to come to town and hang out with us, basically. I love it. Yeah, that's all I wanted for Christmas. So, uh, yeah, getting Jimmer. So I could take back my gift fun. I got for you? <laughs> Wait, what? Sweet. I keep inviting you to Movies and Vineyard uh, nearby where you No, you, you do never... not. <laughs> I live right by there, and you never say I'm coming over there to go to a movie. Shep, where are you, man? Uh, you no. could literally yell from the parking lot, and yeah. I would probably hear you. Well, Top Golf has you. made it harder now. It's, it's just a that little louder over there. It's but, uh, yeah, no, stoked to have James uh, for that in town. No one called that. Uh, James Tafford, it's going to be uh, awesome. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. First down and more. Lobs for a cheeky. Touchdown. There it is from Dallin Hall. And taking it in for six. And the Cougs expand their lead. Yes, they do a little football, a little hoops talk today and what's trending and let us get going. Yesterday at the end of the show, ESPN reporter Pete Thamel tweeted the following. Sources, BYU expected to hire Georgia Southern offensive line coach TJ Woods at the same spot. He's a veteran line coach who has worked at Utah State, Oregon State, and Wisconsin. I would uh, like reverse that uh, order, but anyway. Uh, this move won't be formalized until after he coaches in Saturday's Myrtle Beach Bowl. Chef, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but let's expand that conversation. What are your thoughts on the reported hire? Yeah, I mean, in terms of what he brings, obviously I don't know too much about him other than what we've seen in, in terms of where he's coached. And uh, of all the places that he's coached, the one that really stands out to me is, is at Wisconsin. Yeah. That, that's the one that I'm – It wasn't Utah State? It was not Utah State, although when he was at Utah State, they had a very good offensive line – Especially that first time around in 09 through 12, uh, that was a very good Aggie offensive line. So I, I'm certainly that, not. That team was yeah, very it was good. very good. Yeah. So I, I'm certainly not dis, you know, pushing that aside and not paying attention to I'm it. I'm just but trying to make you test a joke. Anytime you can be an offensive line coach at Wisconsin. Yep. Follow Gary Anderson. Follow Gary Anderson, Anderson there. He was yep. part of that Gary Anderson coaching tree there. And um, then Oregon State. Yeah. And I, I just, we, when I think of Big Ten football, when I think of Wisconsin, I think of the offensive line. I think of cheese first, but then, okay, okay. then the cheese curve. Offensive line eating cheese? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably an NIL deal there. With so, so in terms of what he brings, I, I don't know what his style is. Um, I, I don't know anything about that. But I do like the stops that he's, that he's been at. Um, there clearly is a connection, the, the Utah State connection. So there was some crossover there. 
being in the state of Utah multiple times. He's not from Utah. He's from, I believe, San Dimas. San Dimas High School football rules. It does yeah. rule. Yeah, he's from he's San Probably Dimas. the O-line coach That's there. my number one line with him. He's from San Dimas. Yes. So he's a California yeah. guy. Went to Azusa Pacific. I do know that. Um, but he, he crossed paths with Kalani a couple of times. And so there is familiarity that way. Yeah. Uh, even though there is familiarity, I do like that it's somewhat of an out-of-the-box hire. It's not somebody that necessarily has BYU connections. It's not somebody that, that played here or was ever on the staff here. You need a nice mix of people. So who I, I, I do not, like yeah. that, there's, that there's that aspect. In terms of what it means, obviously that, that's only what time will tell. Uh, I jokingly said, hey, dude's got to have a deep voice. Like, Spence was like, he's got to command the room. Yeah. He's got to, you know, accountability. I was like, then he has to have a deep voice. <laughs> if you're an online, he has a deep enough gravelly voice. Gravelly voice? <laughs> yeah, like, Juddy had the Just ultimate like gravelly Yeah, voice. like you've yeah. been through the wars. Yeah, yeah. I've been screaming at uh, these guys, <laughs> yeah. Um, he did play at Iowa State, by the way, for a year. So he's played in the Big 12. He has a sense of what this league is. Obviously, 23 years later, it's a different kind of league, but... Um, yeah, on the 2015 Oregon State staff with Kalani Sataki, he's been a run game coordinator. No indication as to whether that will be part of his title or not. Uh, 20 years of collegiate experience. You mentioned where he's been and what he's done. He's put 11 dudes in the NFL, and that is a good number over uh, you know the time that he's been coaching as well. Hopefully he can continue to do that with BYU because when Kingsley Suamatia gets drafted, that'll be the third straight starting left tackle for the Cougars. Who's the next guy? Come right. to Brigham. Be a left tackle, go to the NFL. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's a good one. Certainly Jeff Grimes was kind of at the top of the list, uh, but ultimately he got an OC job that's going to be greater than an O-line job in terms of pay and responsibility, and Kansas comes to Provo. So we will see Jeff Grimes uh, as well. Garrett 2J at NC State was another name we had thrown out there. But uh, Pete Thamel doesn't really miss, and so we're expecting TJ Woods to be hired. It seems like, uh, yeah, the, the, the move won't be formalized, uh, meaning BYU won't announce it. Until next week. Until after. He, he, uh, TJ Woods respects the fact that Georgia Southern is playing in its bowl game, wants to go through that, and then, then move on. Does right? he respect the process, though? <laughs> yeah, is he a 76ers tanking fan from back in the day? Um, uh, but also, uh, you know, there's a report that t uh, he's been telling recruits from for BYU, I will be the O-line yeah. coach, let's go. So, the, you know, double dipping. It's hard at this point to not kind of do both. you got to coach your team, but you also got to get ready for signing day yes. next Wednesday, eight days away, as we mentioned yesterday. So let's go, man. I, I like the move. I like the resume. Uh, and uh, let's get him in here and see if BYU well, can't run the ball better yeah. next year, yeah. unlike this year, until the last two games. And, and he's, this is not one where he's going to be able to come in and sort of ease into it. People are going to expect results right away because of the, yes. the way that the offensive line um, underperformed last year and how that coincided with the run game and everything yes. that you just mentioned. So right out of the gate, he comes in with some, some pretty big expectations. There's pressure. This place, you got to perform. you got to be able to run the ball. you got to protect the quarterback. You already protect the quarterback well enough. Mm -hmm. um, certainly could get better in that space, but obviously rushing the ball. And right now you don't know who, which quarterback you're protecting. Right. You figure that out. You, you think it's uh, Jake Kretzloff in TBD. You know, uh, what do Cade Finnegan and Ryder Burton and – and TBD transfer portal guy, uh, BYU hosted a couple of guys last week, and uh, you know a couple of two of, which, two of which have committed other schools. Yeah, so we'll see who BYU gets and what that means. But uh, overall, like the move, and uh, let's see what TJ Woods and uh, company can produce on the offensive line. So we'll see. Okay, our first question of the day on this two for Tuesday: What's your reaction to the reported hire of TJ Woods as BYU's offensive line coach, Mark Pope? Uh, 
propagandist, propagandist yeah. on X. He's a reasonable hire. I like what he did with Aiden Robbins at UNLV. I would not mind at all seeing them run that back. I can't imagine that, that UNLV offensive line was like crazy awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they were terrible, but the fact that Aiden Robbins got 1,000 yards mm-hmm. at UNLV doesn't produce a lot of 1,000-yard rushers. That is notable. That was under T.J. Woods' yeah. watch. What can he do with the talent and the size that BYU has? I'm looking and forward. We, and we had this conversation yesterday because I mentioned maybe that is something that can lure Aiden Robbins back. We still haven't Perhaps. made a decision yet. You know, yeah. If he has an opportunity to play at the next level, maybe he takes that. But I, I would certainly think this does not hurt the chances that maybe yeah. we see Aiden Robbins back in a BYU uniform. Oh, it would be nice to have Aiden Robbins It would be back. great. Dude, we feel like BYU could recruit someone better than Aiden Robbins. If the answer is yes, then you're not that worried. But you just don't know. But we also saw question. when he finally got healthy, he was how good, good he was against ranked teams. Yes, like good. Yes, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, look, come back, Aiden Robbins, please. And we saw in year one in the Big Twelve, you better have a running back because everybody that running was backs, bunny, yes, multiple. You needed LJ Martin. You've got to have him. those guys that can strike fear in the opposition on the ground. You've got to have them. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Okay, uh, Gary Oliver on Facebook. Maybe it's too difficult, but I would like to see more coaches coming from the outside ranks of BYU. In the end, it has to be someone that Kalani can work with. Yeah, I think a nice mix uh, of those who have played for and understand BYU versus those who have not is good because you're not just recruiting guys that had BYU in mind the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. All right, let's uh, switch gears and talk a little BYU basketball. And we were discussing yesterday where we expected BYU to ultimately land in the AP poll after losing on Saturday. I love the people that tweeted at me after. They're going to be out of the tent. No. Stop. They dropped four spots. Are you serious? We found out uh, very early in the afternoon that they had only dropped four spots to number 18 in the AP poll. So the question is, what does this tell you about BYU basketball this season that after the loss, they only dropped four spots and and really didn't change much at all in any of the other metrics that matter? First off, the margin was four points. It was a true road game. And we don't want to hear it, but Utah's actually good at basketball. Uh, Utah's How dare you? Utah's up to, sorry, spitting facts. Uh, number 32 in net right now. That, that win over number one net launches them up. That's not a bad loss. In fact, it's a good loss to the committee. I know the rivalry and the red versus blue emotion comes into the conversation here for sure. But by the way, Utah ranked ahead of Gonzaga, Duke, Ohio State, UNC in net at the moment. That win was big time. It's not, it was just going to be a minor drop for BYU. They only dropped to three in net from one. They stayed at eight in Ken Palm. Um, it says a lot about, obviously, like you said, what BYU's done this year. BYU's still a four seed, by the way, this morning yeah. in Salt Lake in Lenardi's latest practicology. It didn't do anything, really. Like, it dropped you four spots in the AP poll and two in net. Who cares? Like, uh, I do, because I want to beat Utah. Yes, that part of it, obviously, almost goes without saying on this program. Look how blue it is up here. Tobias Funke, eat your heart out. But BYU... Wants to obviously beat Utah, but it's a it's a 31 game regular season. You got a lot of big games coming up. If you told me BYU could get a win at Kansas, but the cost was losing at Utah, sign me up, baby, or win against Houston or win against Baylor. Like those, there's some big games on the schedule left. All good. Went into that environment, learned some lessons, make a couple free throws, rebound better in the first half. How about you make more than seven threes and 30 attempts? BYU's going to be just fine. Not too worried. Stoke BYU still ranked. Yep. 
I'm still not used to this. I'm still in a little bit of denial of two things. One, that BYU is ranked. And two, that BYU still came back in women's soccer against UNC. <laughs> I still can't believe it. I went over to the BYU store the other day, and they were playing that game. Were they really? While I was walking around. I kept oh, hearing a, you. I'm well, like, I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm like, come to a movie in Vineyard. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no. So what it tells me, it tells me a couple things. Number one, it tells me that the committee is buying this team, that it was not just – the committee, you, know, you mean the voters? The, the well, I'm just talking about the, the committee, the metrics. Like, they, they believe in this team. I'm just it trying is, to identify which committee. The party planning committee? <laughs> who are you talking about? The, it, the pollsters? The, those involved in the postseason. The, they believe the numbers. We don't, we and the don't have anything from them. But the, my point is, the people that make the decisions, a.k.a. the computers, they believe in what BYU has done so far. Wait, all of them? Is that what you're referring to? Which one? I'm trying to understand. I don't know why you can't grasp the concept of what I'm well, trying to say. Well, because the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee has said nothing on No, but what I mean is you've got Joe Lenardi, who we trust, okay. and has some weight in college basketball. Yes. He has him still as a four seed. Yeah. The numbers, the metrics, the computers that have absolutely no bias whatsoever, all they look at is the numbers, and yeah. they still buy BYU after the loss. That's my point. Gotcha. You is, just humanize the computers. Yes. Calling them yes. Up. I'm like, yeah. what are they – Yes. What are they discussing? Every, everything yeah. involved in making these decisions gotcha. on whether or not you are re a realistic, uh, you have a realistic shot at doing this yes. versus not, this still believe in, in BYU, meaning going to the tournament yeah. or being a tournament-type team. Are we beyond just that, by the way, even at this point? Of like, what do you mean? BYU making the tourney or not. I know we're only nine games in. Right. We're not even a third through this. We will be you know, by the end of the week. Going to the tournament, is it, do we feel like that's a lock at this point, or is it too early? I, I still think it's too early, but yeah, I, I feel, agree, it's too early. I still, I feel very good about their chances. I do too. I like, I'm crazy confident BYU is going to make the tournament. Because look, but I want to see him in Big yeah. 12 play. Well, look, the other, the other thing that this too. tells me, the fact that BYU has stayed pretty much where they were pre Utah loss, was that BYU had done the heavy lifting already. Yeah. You had already beaten a ranked team in San Diego State. You had it's those neutral good. site wins over Arizona State and North Carolina State. So you, you had done enough already, and even though you had played so many home games, the computers, the people, the half-human, half-computer people, they, they... I know a few people <laughs> like that. They, they took into account what BYU had done and said, yes, we like what you've done and it's enough. So I, I think the other part, of, and again, it, it, it pains me to say this. It also tells me that those same people that are making these decisions, computers that are spitting the numbers out, they also like Utah. Utah's a 10th seed. In the yeah, they, they, they think Utah is, is going to be a good team, and so we're not going to ding BYU for losing to them in Salt Lake City. It's also not a projection forward. It's just a projection of, of, right the, now. of the moment. Yeah, of right which now. Which ultimately, uh, as much as we'd like to all plan and map out and project the future, it is only about what is right sure. now and the direction you're heading. But the direction that BYU is heading is a very good one. And the way that BYU is playing, obviously good. They had an off night. They're going to have performances like that in the future in the Big 12. They're going to not knock down a couple of threes. They're going to, this doesn't go there, this or that way, and you're going to lose some games. In fact, if BYU finishes 500 or above, that's tremendous in Big 12 play. I would take 8-10 and 10 right now in the league, even though BYU's played this yeah. well. Like, it's going to be the, the hardest challenge we've seen. 
And my hesitation on fully embracing sort of like, yes, BYU's attorney team is just what seed, is what happened in the football season. BYU was 4-1, and 5-2, yeah. and two, and we were like, bowl game happening. It's like it was, Over. it was an automatic. We did not think five losses in a row would happen, which that's the first time since the 60s that BYU's ended a season on a five-game losing streak. Like, it has not happened in 60-something years or whatever. So it's fair to say BYU's playing great. It's awesome. Uh, 18 in the AP, 8 in the Ken Palm, 3 in the net. Committees or not or whatever are doing a, a, a recognized BYU. I want to see him play halfway through Big 12 play, and then we're like, okay, we truly have a sense of how hard this league is and how good BYU is in it. We don't know who's getting healthy and who's not in terms of, like, in January, in February, in March. Dawson Baker coming back. Ali Khalifa still getting healthy when Foose comes back. Like, what does that mean for the rotation? What does that look like? I'm excited to see it. Because at 8-1, and one, yeah. I did not expect it. Well, and look, and I fully expect BYU to head into conference play with the one loss and the one loss only. Yep. And I, there, there may be few exceptions to this, but you're probably not going to have what's considered a bad loss in the Big 12. If, B, when B, if not, BYU loses, I don't one. know if any of them will be considered bad losses. Yeah, I, I talked with uh, Eric Mika about this coming up, but 12 of the 14 in the, uh, in the net as of yesterday in the top 85. Yeah. There are only two teams that are outside the top 100, yep. and they're not even in the bottom 200 of them. Take care it's of business crazy. through the rest of the non-conference, which I fully expect this team to be able and to one, do. 12-1, and then you're going for win 100 at BYU yeah, for Mark Pope and the first Big 12 Bearcats. win ever against the Bearcats. There you go. Our uh, second question of the day on the Super Tuesday. What does BYU falling four spots number 18 in this week's AP poll say about BYU's team? Sydney Bowerbank on Instagram. Oh, I met Sydney at the Utah game. I, we said hello. She said, I'm Sydney Barrick. You read my tweets all the t- or Instagram posts all the you time. You can put a face with What's the, up? With the, with yeah, the uh, social I remember, media Sydney, posts. I remember you. It says that BYU is a good team. This was the first true away game of the year in a hostile environment against BYU's rival, who's a top 40 team. No hope is lost. Let's keep going. Go Cougs. Yeah. It stinks to lose to Utah. Yeah. No one's arguing that. But uh, Utah's pretty good. Plus, BYU made them look pretty good by being the number one net team and launching them off. So there you go. So you're welcome, Utah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Continue to weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> All right, number 18, BYU men's basketball looking to bounce back against Denver tomorrow night. The Nuggets. Pre-game coverage. Please, I, I, hope, I hope Jokic isn't here. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with the game starting at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. What do you mean? Walton called uh, Ali Khalifa the closest thing to uh, Jokic in college basketball in a while. After the break, my one-on-one with G League Ignites Eric Mika on his podcast and BYU Men's Hoops and other stuff. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Eric Mika settled in. Eric Mika makes it eight straight field goals. He's been hard to guard. Mika spinning the paint. Right hand and the finish. Remember when Eric Mika played at BYU? That was fun, man. Was fun. Good, good times. Uh, I think he's the only two and done in BYU history left after his sophomore year. Uh, you know, freshman year mission, 
and uh, came back and was a, a good player. So. Hanging out with the G League Ignite? Yeah, with uh, Scoot Henderson last year. I was still figuring it out in the NBA a little bit, but uh, I... I uh, I ran, I was running, and then I caught up uh, with Eric Mika yesterday, and we chatted while he was in his very nice Tesla. Here's the conversation. All right, Eric, uh, from the Now for Later pod, you also play basketball here? That's cool. Every once in a while, when there's time. Yeah, when there's time. <laughs> you used to play more basketball. You got uh, you hurt your knee. How are you doing yeah. now? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Uh, obviously, we just spoke a minute before um, the interview. I'm actually at a, a treatment facility right now. Um, starting last week, I started running on one of those cool treadmills that'll, you know, change your body weight. So right now I'm changing, you know, just doing light jogs at, I think it was like 35% of my body weight. So I feel great. I feel like I could run forever because it's, you know, nothing, but, um, really good progress. It, it's been amazing. Cause you know, they gave me a deadline or, or, um, you know, a projected amount of weeks that I'd be out and we're about halfway there but it's looking like it's going to be quicker um you know there's been no swelling no pain really no bad reaction to anything um so we're just going to keep ramping it up um and hopefully i'm back here soon in just a couple of weeks that's awesome that's great news uh in terms of being hurt this time and being in the g league but now you have a podcast and sort of controlling like what information is out as an athlete obviously which is this yeah. is the player empowerment era right NIL, right. transfer portal, more, but yet you can control your own media. You don't have to depend on anybody else. What's that been like for you to sort of like, okay, I I can tell what I want about my knee right. or not, and, and you can sort of see this journey of recovery as well. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, just having something is keeping me sane, you know, and I've, I've actually talked a lot, you know, that's a bit of a big talking point on my podcast is, whether you're hurt or not, you know, it's, it's good to have something else. It's good to have something to tie your identity into. Obviously I've been on your show to talk about it, but it's, it's been more real and more relevant now than ever because it sucks being hurt. Like, and, and even before my surgery, I was out for four weeks because we were trying different things, you know, different, um, you know, injections and different type of therapies and, and just trying to figure it out. And then we decided to do the surgery. So even though it's only been six weeks since the surgery, it feels like it's been, well, it has been months because I was out before that. Um, so just having something else has kept me kind of sane. You know, there's only so much therapy I can do. There's only, um, you know, so many upper body lifts that I can do. Like, like it's easy to get frustrated when you're hurt, especially when your team is struggling, which, which we have been a little bit. Um, and so it, it's nice having something. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, being able to then turn it into a story, you know, like it's something I talked about on my episode last week, something that's improved um, since starting this podcast is my ability to, to tell stories, you know, which is, which is a, you know, important skill to have in life. And now I get to, you know, spin this in a positive light and, and talk about it and hopefully help at least one other person once, you know, they confront something like this, which is inevitable for, for a lot of people, not just one. Yeah, so if if it's your knee as an athlete, that might be something else, right? For people who aren't athletes, like yeah, right. We all have this. It's been fun to see who you've had on the show, by the way. John Stockton, Steve Young, KVN, Dar uh, Darren Williams, Avery Bradley, yeah. Michaela Skinner, among others. What? what ah. who, who? Who's the person you want on that you think you can get that you haven't had on yet? Ah, you know, there's so many people. I just have this running list, um, like. It, it, it's been fun because like my family has gotten in into it and, and, you know, friends and just like acquaintances, like 
when someone they think of like i'll get these random texts like hey you should or like with an article or a link or whatever and they're like you should have this person on you know because they're they're doing what what you're trying to do um and so that's been really fun and so i have this running list of probably like three four hundred people that who you know i'm never gonna get to <laughs> that's all that's it um but you know the one the one that would just be awesome um and i've always thought this but then you know think it even more since i ran into him a couple weeks ago is shack i mean shack is like obviously larger than life literally and figuratively like he's everywhere he's on every other freaking commercial that i watch when i watch basketball games then he's on tnt he's been in movies he's rapping like you know he, he'd be so much DJ fun diesel I, dj diesel he's all yeah. over the world doing concerts like Great. obviously i had his son on the on the show sharif we're we're close from last year and, and so that was fun but i had actually despite having a lot of um mutual friends and and just connections through the nba um i had never met him um you know he's so busy he, he would watch our games and he knew who i was but he was never able to come because he's flying constantly between vegas and atlanta and who else knows you know or where else like it could be a, so many places, but he was at the, the lifetime facility, uh, where we live, like the lifetime gym, like right across the street from us. It's like it, a public gym. No, I mean, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's a nice gym. It's a lifetime gym. It's nice. But like, yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, it's his gym. It's where he goes. It's, and it's where we live. Yeah. And I was walking and, and, and he popped out of this car, you know, I should have known. I mean, the car was enormous. Um, <laughs> and like, it, it was funny. Cause I, I feel like I know him, like I said, because of these mutual friends, because of Sharif, so like without even hesitating or thinking we made eye contact and i was like what's up shag daddy and, <laughs> and like and like running it back i was like did i really just say that but like you know he he's so cool he's so charismatic like and, and he you know it was cool for me one because he knew who i was um obviously watching the games through his son sharif um and then he he knew my son's name too he was like because i was walking with my family and and he was like, there's, he's like, there's Jojo. He's like, uh, <laughs> what, what's, what's the, what's the other one's name? And, and like, I should have, and then he shook my son's hand with like just his finger. And my, my son's hand was like <laughs> a, a grain of rice, a grain of rice on his finger. But like, I, I should have gotten a picture with him, but it was just cool. He's just, he, he's just an unbelievable character and he does a lot of really cool things. So I'd love to have him and, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe down the road it'll work, but. He's a busy guy. All these people are busy, so it's it's hard to get any of them. I love that. What's your other kid's name? Hey. It's <laughs> the best. Man. And he was like, beautiful family. I was like, thanks, Shaq. Thank, Daddy. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Daddy. <laughs> it was great. That's great. Let's talk about BYU. Obviously, okay. a tremendous start. Disappointing game Saturday to lose at Utah. But uh, what have you seen from a distance of uh, BYU hoops? Because it's very different from last year. Yeah, you know, I I think what I love two things. I mean, I I love more than two things, but the first thing, two things that come to mind are one, you pretty much have you brought up last year. You have a lot of the same guys. You know what I mean? So I I love seeing. You just don't see nowadays, like especially in college, like teams and players sticking it out like together as the whole unit. Um, you know, some people listening to this will be like, oh, it's ironic coming from Eric Mika, but <laughs> like, they're, you know, they all, they're all there. Like, yeah. And, and, and you can tell that they like each other. You know, obviously I, I know the players, um, a little bit from workouts in the summer, 
you know, I interact with them on social media. Like you can tell that they genuinely like each other, which is, which is huge. You know, like they hang out off the court, like as stupid as it seems like it matters, you know? Um, Cause at the end of the day, when, when you're looking to the guy next to you and you see, a, you, you know, you see him more like a brother than, you know, just a teammate or an acquaintance, then you're going to make that extra pass. You're going to, you're going to dive on the floor. You're not going to worry about foul trouble or having a bad shooting game if he's playing well, you know? So, so I really think that matters. And I think you see um, that it translates and, you know, the second part kind of piggybacks off that. Like, I love that we don't have like a guy, you know, obviously we have, you know, guys that are starring in their roles, you know, Jackson Robinson's been, been kind of the scorer, but I wouldn't even say he's the guy, you know, any given night, like different guys are, are, are stepping up to the plate and making big plays. And again, I think that's um, a big part of a, a winning culture and a recipe for success. So Hopefully it continues that way. Like you said, Saturday, tough game, disappointing game. But, you know, it's not like Utah's some horrible program. You know, they're winning games as well. They have a great coach who knows what he's doing. And they have, you know, pro prospects on their team. So, you know, you want to be 9-0, and but they're in a great spot. Obviously, net rankings are showing that. And like I said, more importantly, you're seeing them gel as a team. Um, and so the, the the real tests are coming in the Big 12, but but they're off to a great start to be ready for it. Is BYU going to compete better than you thought in the Big 12s with this start? Because I think that feels like the consensus, but I want to get your opinion of like, at first I was pretty intimidated by the league, like, ah, hopefully you can scratch out a few. But it feels like BYU can go in there and and uh, approximate 500, a couple games below or above and, and get in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the the possibilities are endless. I do think that's a that's a safe um, betting point. And the the thing is it's so college basketball is just so fickle and, and sports in general, just because it's, it's such a momentum thing. You know what I mean? It's a momentum and a swagger and a confidence and it doesn't matter who you are or who you're supposed to be and projected to be. If, if you have those intangibles that I was talking about earlier, you, you know, you make those small plays and those effort things and you're in the best shape and you've taken, you know, the most three pointers over the summer, which we know BYU has like, and, and you're playing and you're gelling, like you really don't know, like you might have confidence and, and, and really beat everybody's expectations of you. So um, yes, I would definitely say with the start that they've had, um, it has absolutely changed my outlook on, on how they're going to do in the big 12. Now they have to go do it. But um, like I've said a couple times, they have the pieces um, and, and they have most importantly, the momentum. So I, I think they're going to be all right, but we'll see. It's a tough league. It's a tough league. I, I'm not mad if, if we don't come out and dominate the first year, you know? Yeah. Listen, I would take uh eight and 10 right now in league. I, For sure. I, just, I mean, I just would, I might even take seven and 11 right now. I mean, I would take it because it's probably a tournament bid, you know, and, and at the end of the day, that's that's what you're playing for, you know, and, and that means that you've beat seven or eight really quality teams, which is way more than than we have in the past, you know, in conference play. Like you only get a couple chances to beat really quality teams and and then the rest of them, they're games you're supposed to be winning. And those those are trap games is, is how I like to call them. So way, way better position to be in. 12 of the top 14 are in the top 83 of net. And there are two that are not, but they are still inside the top 200. It's You don't have yeah. anybody in that's going to be a quad four. You know what I mean? No. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, best of luck with uh, with the knee. Uh, keep running at like 35% body weight so you feel like you're uh, these BYU <laughs> distance runners. Kenneth Rooks over here. 
uh, yeah. winning natties. But uh, yeah, keep up the good work on the podcast and uh, we'll see you soon, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Eric Mika, uh, fan favorite. Still uh, bummed he left after sophomore year. But he's only 28. Dude's been around the world playing and uh, still trying to make it back to the NBA. Yeah, and it's fun to see him in... In his car. In, in, well, that too. It's a very nice car. But, it, but it's fun to see him having success and being a part of that G League Ignite yeah. team, yeah. And I know he's dealing with some injuries and things like that, but um, it's, it's fun that he's... Yeah. You know, he's had... in the story about Shaq, how funny is that, by the my, way? My son's finger, and it was like yeah, the, vis- of the visual of, the, of his son <laughs> <laughs> shaking the finger of, of Shaquille O'Neal. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I've had a different experience with Shaq where he threatened to kick my butt. Really? No, I've told that story. It's it, I, it's I, a I joke. I don't know it. He he did he did what he did it in what a, a joke. I don't think we have time for this. Quick, quick. Okay, quick. All right. So it was a shoot around before a Jazz Lakers game. Yep. So I was at the at the Jazz <laughs> the Jazz radio station. So needless to say, I'm not as tall as Shaq or most people on this planet. Yeah. So I'm ha- full full extension, full stretch to try and get my mic near his mouth. And you know when talking to people, sometimes they'll move their head. Well, he he moved his head around and he bumped into the mic once. Oh boy. Second time. He did it again, and I wasn't paying attention to pull it away. He's like, if you hit me with that microphone again, I'm going to beat your butt. Although he didn't say butt. <laughs> and, no, it's, it was in Shaq's, you know. But I'm, like, fairly new. Yes. It freaked me out. It's You're Shaq. Yeah. But he obviously meant it as a joke, but sort of not. Well, I don't know. There been a <laughs> so, time. so every time I see Shaq, I think back to when I was very, very new in this business, and Shaq threatened me. Just a young, Jokingly, of just course. Just a young ship. Jokingly, of course. <laughs> That's great. All right. I don't think that Jimmer <laughs> is going to do that if that happens no. tomorrow, though. No, it is a BYU Sports Nation Jimmer week. Let's go. Jimmer Fredette will be joining the BYU Sports Nation countdown and wrap-up crew on Wednesday for the BYU-Denver game, and then we'll be live on BYU Sports Nation Thursday to talk about BYU basketball and look ahead to the 2024 Paris Olympics. Chip, move your mic. <laughs> How did did I know your name? I'm going to beat your butt. Coming up, which other Cougar was drafted yesterday and what draft a Kingsley Suamatia draft projection and our thoughts on cold tubs. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Jimmer again! This is ridiculous! Fournette shakes free again from where? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's a Jimmer Thursday on BYU Sports Nation. This is my impersonation of that. (laughs) The the no emotion, but Every, everybody's feeling every emotion. Yes. <laughs> Scored 32 at Jersey's worth. Uh, welcome back to BYUSN. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are live in Studio B, and we now welcome in for the first of two segments today, the great Jimmer Fredette. Long time no see, man. Long time no see. You been, guys got me for two segments. Yeah, 11 and a half yes. hours. My goodness. Working overtime. Working overtime. How do you feel about the versatility <laughs> of the set? Because last night you're doing the hey. pregame. But it's like a different place in here. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I didn't realize it was only like a year old. Like I, it's, this is an incredible studio. Yeah, we I like feel it. like I could be in here a lot more often and enjoy it. So this is watching the game last night on the big screen. That was fun. It's the way. It's great. It's we, great. Don't, we don't really do that on this program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to do that more. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. No, that, that was, uh, it was elite. Elite. So it was, it's, it was been great. Okay, speaking of last night, how would you sum up your first official experience as 
a college basketball analyst. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was it was fun. Let's put it this way. I enjoyed it. Had a great time. Obviously, Jerem led the whole thing, and we were kind of just uh, enjoying, uh, you know, speaking off of his questions. And uh, so I felt like it was pretty natural. I mean, I know the game of basketball and this team, and uh, was doing a DU game, so it felt like it was perfect yeah. timing for me. You living in Denver, Denver yeah. for a little bit, you know, so had some tidbits. But I mean, it was it was a really fun experience. You know, I'm a hard crack. I'll give myself a C. I, there's a lot of things I can do better there's a lot of things i can do better but it was uh, it was great for your very very first time doing this as an analyst you've done a gajillion yeah, interviews yeah, yeah. but like where you're the analyst yeah. i thought it was really really good well thank you i thought it was awesome and it was super appreciate fun. it because sitting next to you and ty it's like yeah dude we can't go wrong here. let's <laughs> yeah, just have exactly. some fun yeah we just have fun yeah. trying to make fun of some people yes. <laughs> make fun of myself you know have a good time i know i i watched the mannings we talked about the mannings yeah. and how good they are at doing the in-game stuff and just playing off each other and being self-deprecating but also just being funny enjoying it that's what people like yes so i try to try to do the same and just have a good time with it I do have an issue with you guys though um <laughs> you didn't tell me about blue pants yep 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 and you didn't tell me about gray suit Listen, either last hey, night come we, on we didn't have to tell each other no <laughs> you know we, we just, just knew absolutely just did it we on our own know. obviously we're not on the same wavelength jeremy like uh, we, i thought we got, were because we go back to 07 but we do we do but it uh, looks like it we lost him. <laughs> we lost, lost, it. lost it in 16 or something <laughs> 2016 maybe <laughs> I don't know, somewhere in there. Something, something happened. That's yeah. hilarious. Hit up the Nikos, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah once the... I went to Europe, it was over. Full clarity. Because <laughs> I, I went skinny jeans, and it was over. <laughs> I know the question's going to come from our good friend John, by the way. He's like, okay, you had the same gray suits on last night. Now you got the blue pants yeah, on. John's yeah. texting What's us the all deal? the time. About did you, did you plan this? This was absolutely 100% unequivocally not planned. Well, that this, makes this, me feel better, though. It the was gray not suit and the blue pants, no, not planned. It was it was not planned, but we might start planning now just to just to just to have fun yeah, with you. Yeah, exactly. Fine. <laughs> Coming back to the Marriott Center is one thing. Coming back in a suit and being an analyst yeah. is different. How was last night versus your other visits? Different, right? So usually you're getting there. I mean, I, I come to a game usually once a year now with my kids. Um, so I come back and, you know, Brian Santiago's got the whole treatment. We're sitting there with the iPads. The kids don't even watch the game. They just are locked <laughs> in on, on the games. And, you know, we get the ice cream. We get the cougar tails. We have uh, we have a great time. You feel the atmosphere in the building, obviously. Get the cheers. And it's it's just a great experience. And this was a little bit different, right? You come here for for, for, for some work, you know, and you got to prepare. I was on the plane over here. You had notes. Yeah, I was, uh, writing notes and uh, looking at the Denver tape watching you know, them against Idaho and against Colorado State and watching these games you put in the work but I like it right like I like watching basketball it's fun for me to do I like analyzing players see what they do um, how are they you know what's their defensive scheme against these players and you know how does the score where do they get their shots all these different things I enjoy uh, that because then I can use it in my game if I'm playing or if I'm teaching or coaching someone I can help you know hey so this guy does this so it's it's fun for me it's natural and yeah I can see myself doing a lot more. All right. We always talk about the eye test. Now you've watched BYU several times this season yeah. and obviously very specifically last night. So yeah. as you observe this specific BYU team, what impresses you the most about the Cougars after a nine and one start? Um, the fact that they can spread the wealth so well. I mean, it's incredible that they're averaging over 20 assists, 20 assists per game. Like, that does not happen often in a, for a college team. For sure. So being able to pass that ball. So first it tells me that they like each other. 
Uh, they're unselfish. They do not care who's scoring the basketball. That's always really good, right? The second thing is that they're knocking shots down. They, they have four or five guys that are knockdown shooters, right? They're getting the balls in the right places. And now, and, and coach has gone to a, a spread five, off, a five out offense to get these guys space so that when they're getting into the lane, someone's helping, they're kicking it. They're usually making that shot or it's an extra pass. Ollie's been huge being able to pass the ball and make a threat when you're going back door. If you don't have a threat to actually get the ball, then you can hug up on the guy and, and that offense doesn't work as well. So being have being able to have that passer at the top, kind of like a, a Jokic light, I like to call him, uh, being able to go out and do that is something that is really important for that offense. So I've been very, very impressed. It'll be interesting once they get into Big 12 play when they get down to really close games which one of those guys is going to take over? Because you're going to need a guy that's going to be like, I'm going to get a bucket for you right now, and I don't need anybody's help. And that's what I'm going to look for as they move forward. Is it Dallin Hall? Is it Dawson Baker? Is it Jackson is it Robinson? Jackson Robinson, who's yep. playing so well. We are talking about last five, 22 a game, 50% from three. Yep. Off the bench. Yep. At, what, at what point, and we discussed this in the postgame, but at yep. what point does BYU need to consider, if at all, starting yep. him? Yeah, I mean, his production is so good. Um, you know, I think at this point, like we talked about, you let it flow as of right now because things are working. Uh, he's comfortable coming off the bench. He knows exactly what he needs to do when he comes off the bench. He's there to score, right? So he's as soon as he gets an open look, he is shooting the ball. And sometimes as a starter, you ease into it a little bit. You see how the defense is playing you, right? You're like, all right, now they're switching. Oh, they know they're going over ball screens. So I take that first couple of possessions to see what it is. He's watching that from the bench and like, all right, this is where I'm going to get my shots off. This is how I'm getting my shots off. As soon as I have an open look, I'm shooting it. So he Sounds feels like somebody I know. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> absolutely. I love that about him. So, uh, <laughs> so I will, so I love that. Um, but at a point in time, there may be a game where, you know, game or two where things slide, whatever happens during the big 12, it's just, it's the, it's a big 12. You're going to have some games that are difficult. It'll be interesting at that point to see, all right, now I need to switch up this starting lineup. Let's put in some more firepower. Let's get someone else off of the bench that can still bring in some firepower. So it'll be interesting to see, but right now things are good. So let's keep it. As good as Jackson was last night, he only made eight threes. Yeah, only. Good. And didn't quite oh, hit yeah. your nine or Chase Fisher's <laughs> ten, so you're, yeah. you're safe for now. I'm safe for now. I mean, <laughs> with how many shoot threes that these guys shoot, we know that these are these numbers are going down eventually. That's just the way it works, right? So I'm happy where I'm at. I'm already, I mean, I'm already number two, so at this point, what's the difference? <laughs> if I go, what's the difference if I go to three, four, five? You, you know, five years and, of yeah, greatness. And, I mean, you can barely watch the Arizona tape. It's like grainy. You know what I mean? I, I just, it'll be lost ever. Uh, yeah, where's the ball? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even have the channel. I didn't watch that game live. Yeah. I was watching Lord of the Rings, and I was like, yeah. Timber had 49? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings, I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. Man. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. At what point is the rotation perhaps too big? Because yeah. Marcus Adams Jr. could play. Dawson Baker uh, is going to play soon. Foose is going to come back at some point. Yeah, You can't realistically play like 12 guys and have a flow, it feels yeah. like. No. Or maybe you can. No, I don't think so. Uh, being on a lot of different teams, uh, you know, I, I relate it to the Clippers the last couple of years. They've had so much depth 
they got 12 guys that can actually play and it's like only eight of them really is what you want to do once you get into a big 12 play you're only really looking for an eight-man rotation the ninth and tenth guy may come in to, to sub for a few minutes right but that's basically it foul trouble situation exactly like you know a little bit of a blow whatever it is but you want to get it down to that eight-man rotation so coach is trying to figure that out he's got three you know to four more games to be able to figure that out especially with the new guys possibly coming in it's a perfect time to be able to all right this is this three games if i can get these guys acclimated i can see them in an actual game situation i can see them in practice for a couple weeks and then at that point you know you you, you figure out your rotation and kind of go from there obviously it'll change as you go but you want to try to get it down to to eight and have those guys play the majority of the minutes i i couldn't tell you who's not Gonna play much. Maybe at this point. I mean, Trey, like, and this, like you said, it's unfortunate. Trey's Trey, played well. He's playing way better than yeah. last year, but he's probably the odd man out if they had to do that today. And then I don't yeah. know who else. And he's so good defensively. I love Trey. Right? I mean, last night with Bruner, right? He came into the game and changed it immediately. Got a steal, tipped it off of his leg, created a turnover. You know, but you know, he, he obviously someone's got to be the odd man now. We're not sure exactly who that could be. It may be Trey, uh, maybe someone else that we're not even thinking of. That coach is like, hey, we need we need some length today. We need some scoring, whatever yeah. it is. Um, so we'll we'll see. But it's good to have options. You just need to make sure that you're you're communicating with the team. Hey, this is what I'm expecting, and bring the guys in and say, this is what I'm expecting out of you. Your minutes may come down, but stay ready because at some point you never know what's going to happen. You need to continue to yeah. stay ready and buy in. As far as expectations go with BYU as they build toward the Big 12 Conference, and this is a moving target for sure because BYU yeah. has been so good unexpectedly yeah. compared to what we thought they originally were going to be, yeah. and that's a credit to Mark Pope and his staff and yeah. the guys, and they were tired of hearing that everybody says they, you know, they're going to be terrible. Yep. Um, that era's over. Yeah, yes. that, that has <laughs> over. been put to bed for sure. <laughs> but both Jeremy and I have kind of – we started out at six Big 12 wins. Now it's like maybe up to like – Eight or nine, yeah. you know. Yeah. So in your mind, what would be a good Big 12 record in 18 games? Is it eight and ten? Is it nine and nine? Yeah, because it's I, so tough. Yeah, I think if, if you're around 500, I think that's very good for this first year, right? Because like, look at that schedule. I mean, the teams that you're playing, I, I mean, I talked about it last night. Your easiest game is going to be against West Virginia. <laughs> uh, you know, a team like that. Me? So, at West Virginia, at what like, a – yeah. No, that's, that's easy, right? A super like, easy win. So Gosh. you see that schedule, and it's just the way that it kind of works, um, the Big 12. So if you're somewhere around – hovering around 500, those teams make it into the tournament, right? Like yes. Especially with the non-conference schedule that we've had going if we did go in 12 and 1 and then we did uh you know a 500 we're in the tournament it's not single not, yeah, not a question too. not a question so that's the luxury of being in a really good conference but at the same time you have to win half of your games and they're not easy gonna they're not easy wins you you're gonna be in close games a lot of the time so we have to see you know byu continue to play in these close games and win these close games at least a few of them right hopefully every once in a while you get a 10, 15 point win at the Marriott Center because it's rocking and the rock is going nuts and yes. you know we're having a good time. You'll have a few of those games and then there'll be a few games where you're at rock chalk and uh, you get blown out. But you got to stay the course, right? Stay the course. That's what you're looking for. Get into that tournament. Under Mark Pope, you always 500 in single digit games. By the way, ooh, they're way better when it's 10 plus. Okay. Yeah. They don't yeah. lose a ton by 10 plus. Yeah. They win way more. So that yeah. will be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Okay, more with Jim and Fredette coming up in a moment. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is tonight. Richie Saunders, the Colonel, 
No one's calling him that, but I am. Bucket Chicken Night every time with him. 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN Plus. <laughs> I proposed to him. I said, the just have a, a bucket of chicken. Richie Saunders on the show. Now I'm just thinking of that line from So I Married an Axe Murderer about <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as mentioned, segment number two with Jimmer approaching, and we turn the page to what he's doing right now, competing for gold in Paris, getting ready for that in the Summer Olympics. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. A uh, bit of breaking news here. Pete Thamel on Twitter, the authority, says sources BYU expected to hire Georgia Southern offensive line coach TJ Woods at the same spot, meaning offensive line. He's a veteran line coach who has worked at Utah State, Oregon State, Wisconsin. This move won't be formalized until after he coaches in Saturday's Myrtle Beach Bowl. What's your reaction to this? This uh, information from Pete. Yeah, this is a name that's been floating out there for a little while. And so looking, uh, looking in his bio and whatnot, I mean, obviously there's the Georgia Southern where he's coming from, but I think what probably uh, will impress most people is what he's done at the previous stops mentioned. Um, Utah State had a really good line when he was there. He's um, been there a couple of times. He's been too. a couple of times, yeah, yeah. twice, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was obviously with Gary Anderson at Wisconsin. We know what type of offensive lines that Wisconsin has. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to... I assume the Oregon State that that may have been the year when when Kalani was there, so they may have crossed was, paths that way. He was way there in 2015 the with Kalani. Yeah, yep. so yep. I, the fact that he has P5 experience, Big Ten experience mm-hmm. with Wisconsin, I, I like that. He was at UNLV with Aiden Robbins as that's well. Right. By so the way. maybe that's an op- maybe that's something that Aiden takes into consideration when deciding to come back or not. Yeah, my my uh, vibe on Aiden is that he is gone. But uh, hopefully he would come back because that would be uh, awesome. Aiden's a good player, and uh, we saw him a couple of times there uh, with that. So T.J. Woods expected to be the offensive line coach. No indication of whether that includes run game coordinator. Still question on tight end. Yeah, does he, does coach, he bring so we'll in see. somebody that he wants? Because I know that was something that was talked about, that maybe whoever comes in as offensive line will, will want to bring in a guy for the tight end since you have blocking schemes yeah. that, that go hand in hand. Well, we shall see. Yeah, so we'll have to find out if, yeah. if that's part of it. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.